is Dave Greenshields, the director of R&D for Saskatchewan Pulse Growers, and today I'm talking to Greg Bartley, who is the director of crop protection and crop quality at Pulse Canada. Good morning, Greg. Morning. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Keep It Clean campaign and uh, maximum residue limits. You joined Pulse Canada, uh, as I just said, with a, a, the title of Director of Crop Protection and Crop Quality. So what, what specifically does your role cover? Yeah, for sure. So as you can see, there's kind of two different titles there. There's crop protection and crop quality. So for that crop protection side of my role, I work to ensure that the Canadian pulse industry really benefits from new crop protection products. Uh, minor use registrations, affordable, accessible products, and really adoption of import tolerances for crop protection products in the global market. So making sure that growers really have access to, to affordable, accessible products here, but also make sure that we can get our product to, to market with import tolerances elsewhere. Um, for the crop quality side, it's a bit of a new role for Pulse Canada, and, and this one I'm really working to ensure that the Pulse industry has kind of the most up-to-date information as far as crop quality data for our Pulse crops. And an example of this is, is really kind of working to ensure that we understand kind of the, the quality uh, attributes of our pulses, which we really don't understand kind of across the western uh, prairies here. Uh, so really work to ensure that we understand that data and also bridge the gap kind of between the, the farm and also our end users and processors and make sure our, our goals as far as quality attributes are aligned in breeding programs. So I, I, I can imagine that your role, you know, is part, part of it is to have a voice at the table during regulatory reviews, you know, on, on crop protection products. Uh, can you share a couple examples of things that you're currently working on around uh, regulatory? Yeah, so as far as the regulatory reviews, I guess this really comes back to the, the PMRA and, and kind of what we're seeing there. So the PMRA works to ensure that we have um, the crop protection products that we use are, are safe for human health and the environment. And... And every time a crop protection product is registered, uh, it comes up for a cyclical review. And kind of what we're seeing at the PMR right now is there, there's a real backlog. Uh, there are really uh, a lot of products uh, in, in queue to kind of be reviewed right now, and there are really just not enough resources to, to handle this. So one thing at Pulse Canada here, and we work with our, our other industry partners, such as the Canada Grains Council and, and other uh, national associations, is to to ensure that the PMRA kind of recognizes that, you know, there is a backlog and, and work to solutions to to make sure that we can make sure that the PMRA is sustainable in their, in their review process. So providing input into that, um, also work during the review process too, if the PMRA needs more information as far as, you know, use pattern data for pulse crops, um, I'm able to provide that to them as well, just to make sure that they have most, most of the current information so they're not making conservative decisions. So. That's kind of the, the, the regulatory side of things with the PMRA that I'm, I'm busy with right now. Okay, and, and you talked about uh, quality and, and end-use customers, and I wonder if you could just, like, when I think of end-use customers for pulses, it's usually it's like the elevators, right? But I, who are beyond that, beyond uh, kind of where does where do the crops end up? Yeah, for sure. So that is exactly the the grain doesn't stop. I guess at the elevator. So uh, most of the elevators they have their buyers too. So um, you know, India and China are kind of major major pulse buyers right now. Uh, but it could be any of the global markets. Even the United States is a, is a major player, a major buyer of pulse crops. So 
it could be the end user, the consumers, it could be direct, uh, direct product. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely goes beyond into the global marketplace. Uh, you know, we export over 80% of our pulse crops, so we are export dependent. So I, I talked at the at the intro there about uh, I mentioned keep it clean, and Pulse Canada is the main touch point uh, for all of the Pulse commissions, including uh, SPG, on the Keep It Clean program, uh, together with Cereals Canada, the Canola Council of Canada. Um, can you explain uh, for the listeners what Keep It Clean is? Yeah, the, the Keep It Clean program is, is really the cross commodity initiative, as you mentioned, between the Canola Council of Canada, Cereals Canada, and Pulse Canada. Uh, to provide growers with tips and tools for growing crops that meet requirements of our domestic and export customers. So, so through this program, we try and communicate things around crop protection products and MRLs that might pose a market risk, and also agronomic practices, so, so things like um, uh, diseases might pose a market risk. So it's really communicating to the grower what these market risks might be uh, to be able to, to make decisions on the farm that won't create that market risk. Why is it important for pulses to be to link up with with the other you know with cereals and with canola? Just because you know when I think of the the products are are often different and the end use markets are different. So what what's the advantage of having having pulses involved with the other groups? Yeah, I think it's really important to come together as a unified voice on this one because you know market access isn't just a single commodity issue, especially when you're using things like crop protection products and agronomic practices. Like these, these aren't things that are just general to one specific crop. So when we come together as an industry and work with our, our national industry partners, we're able to come together as a unified voice, and I think it's a lot stronger. So so we get together, we create these messages and, and kind of tips and tools. Uh, to, to get out to the, the whole industry. You know, it's not directed just to farmers. You know, this is really an industry industry initiative as well. So I think it's really just making sure that we all do work together as market access does affect everyone. You know, you, you talked about uh, maximum residue limits as part of the Keep It Clean campaign. So what, what are MRLs? Can you define it for the listener? Yeah, so an MRL stands for maximum residue limit. So an MRL represents the maximum amount of pesticide residues that are expected to remain on a food product when the pesticide is used according to label directions. And that last part is really key, you know, that MRL is set based on label directions, and that's why we, we kind of say that it's really important to, to follow the label and things like that. So um, it, it's really just an indication, you know, an MRL is not a measure of food safety. That's not what it's meant for, although food safety is obviously taken into consideration when it's at the MRL. But MRLs are mainly used for, for trade purposes. So it's, it's used in indication that that pesticide was used according to the label directions in, in the country that it was applied in. Okay, so, so beyond label directions, then what should growers be aware of to reduce the risks of, of exceeding MRLs? Yeah, no, I think the key point there was that it's, it's based on when they use for label directions. So that's why it's important when we keep saying, you know, follow label directions. It's important for growers to do that. So, so no off-label use. Make sure you follow the rate, correct rate, correct timing uh, of your pesticides. And if you follow those general directions or the directions on the label, then you should may, remain within the MRLs. But outside of that, the other things to consider is that, you know, MRLs are set. We follow the MRLs here in Canada. But when we export our product, we have to be aware of the MRLs that are set in, in destination countries. And we actually have to meet the MRLs that are set in the global marketplace. So we have to take that into consideration as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we want to minimize the, the impact of, of our use of crop protection products on, on market access. Can you give a couple examples of, of, you know, issues with market access that we've had in the past? Yeah, for sure. So I guess, I guess just a 
touch on that. You know, what we're seeing right now is, is MRLs are coming coming as a, an issue here, and and what we see is the trading environment really shifting. So we're kind of seeing there's more missing MRLs in the global marketplace, or missing or misaligned is what we call them. So when we say a missing MRL, what we mean is that there is no MRL established for that crop protection product. If we say there's a misaligned MRL, uh, this scenario is where the MRL might be lower or higher than an MRL in a different country. So, for example, if the MRL is lower, then that causes concern because if our MRL is high in Canada, um, then if we use the crop protection products, you know, we could stay within that limit. But then if it's lower in the export country, that's where we could possibly cause a trade concern. So, in the past, we kind of had a large non-compliance. Uh, that's, that's kind of the most famous that we use for the pulse industry where... You know, in 2011, there was, there was uh, a non-compliance for glyphosate on lentils in the European Union. And what happened with that one was that, you know, they're missing MRL for glyphosate on lentils. There's just no MRL established. So when product was sent there, uh, glyphosate was, was found the product uh, that was shipped. And it really caused uh, that market to kind of close to our product or had to cause segregation of product to make sure that we didn't have any glyphosate residues. And normally what happened is that we were able to get MRL established, and then the problem was was no longer there. So. Okay, yeah, that's that's one that I, I always find confusing is that, you know, when we have an MRL uh, in place and it's a registered product and you're allowed, you know, it's on the label, um, like glufosinate last year comes to mind, um, but then uh, buyers don't want it. Is that because of MRLs in other countries or, or you know, what's behind that? the kind of the difference between how we're using a product and then how markets are responding to the same product. Yeah, no, that, that's probably the, the best chance of what, what's happening. So if you just think of it, you think of the amount of crop protection products that we use and the amount of use patterns and the amount of MROs that are associated with that. So we have hundreds and hundreds of MROs established here. And if you think of all the places that we send to, too, um, they could potentially have their own MRL list as well. And those MRL lists might not be aligned. So there's a large potential here for MRLs to be misaligned or could get missed from the list. And that's where it really causes the problems in the global marketplace. So that's one of the things that we need to be aware of. And, you know, as, as companies are looking at their different markets, um, if their major market doesn't have an MRL for the, the crop protection products that are mainly here, that's where they might put on a declaration or say that you can't use that product. It's really due to the MRL being missing or misaligned in the export market. So that's one key factor. You know, the other factors too is, is we do see a shift in, in kind of public attitude towards pesticides too. And some of that might be just a, a shift in demand for, you know, the market acceptance towards some of the pesticides. Obviously, pre-harvest glyphosate is, is one of those that comes to mind where, you know, that might be more of a, a market shift, you know, might not be in the sense of a regulatory or MRL issue, but just due to different customers. Yeah, maybe, I guess, on that point, can you kind of, I guess, summarize for us, where are the markets regarding glyphosate right now? Like, what... I know that there's been some issues, like uh, there are full-out bans in some countries, and, and you know, is, is that... Are there scientific uh, reasons behind that, or is that mostly just a uh, you know uh, public perception sort of thing? Yeah, well, for pre-harvest glyphosate, obviously we know that glyphosate is, is highly scrutinized in the global marketplace. You know, we can think of the states where you look at even the, the California court cases, or even even the Prop 65 legislation in California, where there's restrictions around glyphosate there. So I'd say in in many cases, what we're seeing with glyphosate is that it, it's mainly due to the consumer perception or kind of political reasons, and it's less so the regulatory side of things. 
If you really do look at the regulatory side of the things and look at the MRLs established for glyphosate, uh, we're actually in a pretty good place for glyphosate. Um, so in many cases, it's not due to regulations, it's more that market acceptance or consumer perception side of things. That being said, you know, when we look at the science and kind of what we do in Canada, um, you know, we rely on Health Canada and the PMRA to ensure that the crop protection products that we use are safe for human health and the environment. And, you know, we rely on the Health Canada messaging around this. And, and I, I look back, at, in 2019, Health Canada did reaffirm its conclusion, you know, that glyphosate is unlikely to pose a human cancer risk, you know, safe to use. And within that um, uh, conclusion, they stated, and I quote here, no stone left unturned in, in conducting the review. So, so they really did a thorough job looking at the evidence, and, you know, they, they fully uh, support that glyphosate is safe to use. So. It's it's always kind of troubling when, uh, I guess, public perception or politics kind of gets ahead of the science. I've had some calls uh, from growers asking if, if they can get their grain tested um, after having used pre-harvest glyphosate just to see, um, you know, whether their residues are, are in line with MRLs. Are there tests available in Canada and, and is that a reliable way to, to test? Yeah, no, there, there are several private labs. Uh, that can test for glyphosate. You know, that, that test will cost a couple hundred dollars, two, three hundred dollars to conduct. And what that test will give you, it'll give you a result in parts per million. So it will tell you uh, what your MRL is. And, you know, if you are going to go down the road and, and send it into a private lab, it, it's really important to make sure that the sample that you're sending in is representative. So you're not just going out and taking a scoop out of a, a bin or a truck. You know, you really want to get a sample of, of what that lot represents. Uh, to be anything meaningful. So, uh, yeah, no, that, that is an option. You know, there's private labs. Uh, even consult the, the Canada Grain Commission. I believe they, they could offer the service too. But um, that, that is out there, and if, if growers are interested and want to know, maybe they're curious to see where they align, um, they can free to do that for sure. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Greg, for uh, for the discussion today. It's yeah, it's good to hear that Pulse Canada is leading the charge on on the Keep It Clean campaign and and representing uh, Pulse growers across Canada on regulatory reviews and and you know our role in in uh, keeping MRLs in check. And I appreciate your time. No, I appreciate it, Dave. And, and if for any growers, if you're interested in learning more, I, I really encourage you to check out the Keep It Clean website. It's keepingitclean.ca. Um, there's lots of information there as far as MRLs, pre-harvest intervals, um, tips and tools to follow the label and use accessible pesticides. And we even have a Pulse MR advisory online. So it's, it's lots of good information. Uh, definitely go check out the website. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact myself at Pulse Canada.